0: Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun, for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. At Caller, we've always looked at the future, leading the way with our Renewable Gas Bio-LPG. Ideal for off-grid homes and businesses, it cuts emissions by up to 90%. So, if like Mary and Mick Gorman and Abby Leakes, you're looking for a cleaner, more efficient way to cook and heat your home, our Renewable Gas is the right solution for you. And one that protects the planet too. Bio LPG, renewable gas from Calor. Find out more at calargas.ie.
1: Welcome to episode 83 of the bloodandmud.com podcast. I am Lee Calvert, the editor of bloodandmud.com. And the gentleman over there just returned from a long weekend of. Was there any sangria, Josh? There
2: wasn't actually any sangria, there was some paella, and uh, there was me pronouncing a lot of C's as just, um, just to amuse myself. <laughs>
1: um, they don't do that in Valencia,
2: do they? Uh, I don't know, did it anyway? Don't care. Um, <laughs> massive tourist. Anyway, uh, yes, I've been in Valencia all weekend, it was lovely. Uh, and I'm also Josh Gardner, by the way.
1: That's right, Coming yeah. to
2: you from the yellow-skied, red-sunned, post-apocalyptic wasteland that is uh, Britain.
1: Yeah, if at any point we have to break off from recording this, because basically my chimney stack has blown off, then basically yes. I uh, will apologise for that in advance. Yeah. What have we got coming up tonight? Well, we've got a player spotted, of course. Got a bit of news. Of uh, an exclusive Rob news.
2: Yes, it's been a very newsy day today.
1: It's been a newsy day, a lot of it about Rob, maybe. We've got yeah. some Rugby pick and mix coming up. We've also got oh, our usual... Like yeah, usual of what we've learned... At- I don't even want to say it too early because I'm so excited about about the really big thing that's happened this weekend. And all of you out there who were who were regular listeners to the pod will know why we're so excited. If you've come along that's new, stick around and we'll explain. We'll try and explain a bit later on as to why we're so excited.
2: Yeah, I'll put it, I'll put it this way. I was taking time out of a very boozy evening sat next to the beach in Valencia on Saturday night to. Keep very close eye on a game that involved no team that I supported.
1: Yes, the biggest game in the weekend was in the Challenge Cup, let's just say that. Oh, yes. Um, What else have we got? We've got the usual, the shit good ratings as usual, and also we're going to have another look at, after last week, where people seem to enjoy it a bit, another look at another great rugby argument from times gone by. First of all then, Josh, before we get stuck into that, let's talk about A Player Spotted. Nick Mark, yes. Nick Metcalf gets in touch via. the... I've not mentioned how you can get in touch with the pod. You can get in touch with the pod oh. at Blood and Mud, or I'm Lee at Blood and Mud dot com. Um, how do they get in touch with you again, Josh?
2: Uh, at Josh Gardner or at Rugby show Watch. Uh, yeah, I'll do really.
1: We're on ACAS, we're on iTunes, we're on you know, we're on you know where we are now. I've, you know, You're
2: listening to it. You literally know already. Yeah. Unless someone's playing it to you in a car, in which case, in which I mean, case, really I hope there's sorry. no
1: kids. Yeah. The, um, and the things I've noticed, the numbers aren't really going up anymore. I think we found hmm. our level. We found yeah, our level. I think we
2: found our niche. I'm happy with the people that we've got. Yeah,
1: we've got a nice little club here that you're all part of out there. Yeah, and we love you for for being part of that. And no doubt you love us in a, in a quiet way, or you tolerate us, or you endure us. But either way, we'll take it. So Look, we if have... you
2: tolerate us, then you're <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> hey, now then. Uh... Let's have a look at the player spotter for this week. Nick, Mac- Nick Metcalf got in touch via the Facebook page. See, it's all, mm-hmm. we're multi platform via the Facebook yep. page. He said, all the so, channels. He said, So, I recently moved into my student house in Leamington Spa. Nice. I like feel it, old. It's a, strong, it's a strong opening, that one, isn't it?
2: I feel really That's old. That's a three men walking into a bar you.
1: thing, yeah. This being one of the nearest non shitholes to Coventry, he says, <laughs> lots of the Wasp players live there. Going back a few weeks I moved into my new home the morning of the Wasp vs the Harlequins game. When I was moving in I took a break to admire the view from my window and saw Joe Launchbury walking a dog with a friend. He walked out of my walking a dog with a friend. He walked out of sight and I thought more about, no more about it. About 5 minutes later when down by the car unloading more bags Joe walked past again this time carrying a newspaper but no dog anywhere to be seen. Mm-hmm. I do not know what happened to the dog. Maybe his friend took it. Whichever way, his newspaper and dog didn't help Wasp win later that day, although he did play a blinder. So, player spotted with added dog mystery. Yeah, what What? What did you do with that dog, Joe? Joe Launchbury, everyone loves you and thinks you should run on the Lions tour. Maybe that's why he didn't go on the yeah. Lions tour, is because they know about his terrible dog disappearing yeah. secret.
2: Joe Launchbury dog murderer. You Let the word first. go forth from here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag uh, Lodgebury dog murderer. Yeah,
2: Do I you can't. Know what I find more remarkable about anything else than that whole thing—not the dog murdering, none of that stuff. It's the fact that a 26-year-old man was reading a newspaper.
1: That is, isn't it? It must have been a Sunday, surely, didn't he? Doesn't Nick? You don't tell us what day it is, but surely. If it was
2: before the Wasp game, then it would have been a Sunday. But
1: still, what sort of
2: person under 30 do you know who reads a Sunday newspaper?
1: Don't know. Are Young we conser- sure that
2: he's not like 50? Young Conservatives. But he just do looks like really that. good for it.
1: I bet Andy Good does. But I know you use loads of newspapers.
2: Yeah. But he's elderly, though.
1: <laughs> what made me laugh so. was we're going to do shit good later. But I, I can't remember. I haven't found a tweet. And I'm really sorry. But somebody touches has said that shit this week was anything non rugby related that Andy Good retweets. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, yes, he has shown his ass in that regard over the last. And what an ass it is, ladies and gentlemen! Now oh, moving yes. on.
1: Speaking of asses, let's do some Rob-related news. Yes, I tell you what. When
2: obviously I've been in Valencia all weekend, and I was like, oh fuck we're we going to talk about this week. You know, I basically <laughs> I've seen some highlights, and you know, most of Manchester Montpellier when I was in an Irish bar in Valencia. So. I was like, what am I going to talk about? And then, thankfully, all of the news happened at once at uh, about 2 o'clock this <laughs> afternoon. So, brilliant.
1: So, do you want to talk about Rob Howley will not be shortlisted for the Wales job?
2: <laughs> I feel like we He's should have He's finally conceded
1: sort of... to his wife's kid napper's ransom demands if, and agreed to you not apply. Have got some sort of celebratory music um, that we can run
2: underneath this? Have because... I got
1: celebratory music I can run underneath this? No, I've got I the mean... Taggart theme tune. Oh, I tell I mean, you I t- I t- what I've got. Listen to this. I've got this is totally random. Listen to this. I have got this. I
2: you you. that, that didn't really work because for some reason that didn't come through to my end. But I did enjoy you dancing oh, in your chair. Oh, it was
1: missing you by John Waite. So oh, yeah, that I'm wouldn't sure. work. you're supposed to laugh. At- I've got something else teed up for later, but I forgot it won't work now because of this new recording no. device that we're using. Bollocks. No. Uh. Anyway, yeah, no celebrating music, I'm afraid. The, the no. listeners will hear oh, that, yeah. you won't.
2: Yes, I mean maybe you can just add some happy music in post, because holy shit, Warren Gatman said this afternoon that Rob Howley is not on the WIU's three, uh, three-man shortlist to replace him when he fucks off is... after 2019, <laughs> which does mean that if you, you know, tell the, demonstrate something to the people in the WRU enough times, eventually they will get a clue. Like There's only so many times you can be woefully inadequate, but before even the WIU goes, yeah, no. And uh, yeah, so brilliant, as far as I'm concerned.
1: Yeah. I like, mean, is it just me that thinks it's a bit weird that his current boss has just gone out in public and saying, yeah, he's not going to be on the Not, <laughs> <this. laughs>
2: And this is a press conference where he was asked about the whole Sean O'Brien thing and like defended Rob Howley's comment like qualities as an attack coach, and then was just like, "Yeah, he's not getting my job, though." Oh. This was a very, it was, was a very weird press conference from Warren Gatlin for a variety of reasons, but we will come onto that in a little bit. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. So good news after two attempts to take over Wales, both of which you know were broadly failures. He's actually managed to to finally put them off. So thank fuck for that. And here's hoping Wayne Pivak... I
1: suppose the question... It on. His,
2: I just hope Wayne Pivac keeps his sort of post-November 2017, uh, 2019 clear, because...
1: That was yeah. going to be my question, you see, but you moved on... I stopped because you were moving on to it anyway, it was around... So you think it'll be Wayne Pivak, do you?
2: I think it's going to be... The, the list is probably Wayne Pivak, Die Young, and Steve somebody Tandy. else. Yeah, maybe Steve Tandy. Why not? Failing forward is basically what he does, so...
1: What else have we got here on the news? Another Rob-related news. Rob Andrew is still launching even more people under the bus.
2: Fuck me. That guy just will not quit, will he? I know he's got a book to shill. No doubt a shit book, by the way. Yeah, imagine how
1: boringly written it will be. I know. But, like, just give it a rest, mate. There's no need. There's not. I mean, right, for me, imagine if, like, Rob Andrew was your housemate. Going back to Nick's point before when you were a student. (laughs) Imagine if Rob was your (laughs) housemate. He'd probably, like... He'd shit on the carpet, but then get you evicted by the landlord. And then he'd probably like marry your girlfriend, who he'd then cheat on. He'd divorce her, then somehow get her to give him all of her belongings in the divorce settlement. Yeah. Which he'd then burn in the street, which would incur a council fine. But then he'd get the council (laughs) officer sacked and install himself as director of waste services before being knighted to the services to the community. Then write a book about how everybody's shit apart from him. That's basically Rob Howley's life. Rob, Not Rob Howley's life. Rob, Rob Andrew's life. Too many Robs.
2: Yes. We did say it was Rob Heavy. You just... can't blame us for that. <laughs> Rob Heavy but...
1: sounds like a singer of an <laughs> 80s metal band. <laughs>
0: uh,
2: yeah, and on bass guitar we have Rob Heavy. <laughs> um... <laughs> no, it's oh, he's just such a prick, isn't he? <laughs> That's
1: like... all you can... What do you call it in the day? Has, anyone... Has, it... Has there any other person got out of his way to be more of a total ring piece? I know. <laughs> that kind of sums just... it up, doesn't it? But He does like it. Like...
2: I thought that Lancaster was very dignified in the way that when he was asked about it, he was just like, (laughs) basically sort of covertly said, well, he didn't fucking say anything about that at the time, did he? Um, But, you know, everybody else is sort of behaving in this whole thing like they're actually trying to be polite. And he's just like, I fuck you. <laughs> and
1: <laughs> oh, I keep punching my microphones punch down. I'm very sorry, everybody. Uh, just—it's
2: like—is there? I wonder who he'll be throwing under the bus next week. Well, I mean, who's left. already had? Well, that's the thing. Who have we had so far? We had Stuart Lancaster, yeah, uh, Brian Kendall, Brian Ashton. Has Martin
1: Johnson been launched under the bus yet?
2: No, he was basically uh, very effusive about Martin Johnson, which inc- indicates to me that he's fucking terrified of him.
1: Yeah, because still Johnson was. Terrible.
2: Yeah, yeah, unabashedly. Because he blamed basically all of England's World Cup failures on the players letting him down, (laughs) as opposed to the fact that he had absolutely no qualifications. I love the way you said that, like
1: it's all with capital letters. The players let it down, trademark, yes.
2: Yeah. Like when he had no credentials to be a fucking coach, let alone an
1: international coach. It was
2: remarkable. So... Yeah, it, I mean, it's yes. just a, it's so, a standard stitch-up sports book, isn't it?
1: Yeah. So on it goes. Right, then. Let's have a yes. look. Before we get into the into the meat of the weekend, let's have a do a quick mm. rugby pick and mix.
2: Oh yes. Yeah. I like this. So we've got
1: this. This comes in from uh, a gentleman called Tyrant, or, or I can't tell if he's, he's wanting to call the player Tyrant. Anyway. Both. Maybe. Br- Brain of James Haskell, hands of John Michelle Gonzalez, tackling... Tackling of baki's boater, personality Robert. of Austin Healy. Oh, and the fight- Jesus. Yeah, I know, it's strong, isn't it? And the fighting ability of Gerard Scholey. Tell us a bit about the player. <laughs> Haskell Brain can't come to grips with the fact that he's a dickhead. French forwards used to be particularly nasty, and Choley was an ex-heavyweight boxer. Basically, <sighs> he says this player is a massive Austin Healy who now has the actual physical clout to carry out his evil schemes. And then he finishes with, <laughs> this is not a world I want to live in.
2: No. I mean, if that is if that were a real thing, then I would pray for the red sun, yellow sky <laughs> apocalypse to take me today.
1: Yeah, never mind but, Stephen King's It. Imagine that as a feature film. <laughs> You'd be hiding behind your popcorn for that one.
2: No. Well, uh, actually, can you? let's do that. Let's make Stephen... Can somebody Photoshop this monstrosity together and then put him in Stephen King's <laughs> It yeah. clown makeup? I and did... we'll send it to James Haskell and see what happens.
1: Where Rob Andrew, going back to that for a minute, talking about the old Sam Burgess thing, did prompt me to suggest on Twitter that I might make a second long-run podca- podcast run on side this, the Sam Burgess affair. Yes. 15-minute episodes be... once a week.
2: Yeah, it'd be like serial, but... <laughs> like making of, a murderer, could... but yeah. Yeah, but with more northern accents. Yeah, worse I'm accents, i Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> So we found Um, out what we learned from the weekend. You probably learned how much gin and tonic you can put away before you collapse in a heap in a piazza. Uh, I've
2: learned that in in Spain, they make gin and tonics with tonic water that somehow is luminescent, and it glows blue under black lights, which is very impressive, but did alarm me.
1: It's because of this kind of nonsense that we're leaving the EU, Josh. We will not (laughs) stand for blue tonic water. Foreign muck. Indeed, obviously, tonic water is very, very not foreign.
2: No, yeah, not at all. Mm.
1: Right then, what do we learn? Anyway,
2: yes, um, I learned that Welsh Rugby just cannot stop fucking itself. <laughs> <laughs> like, now, I've put che- a time
1: limit on Welsh Rugby this week, so yes, get it out of the way Welsh and then we can move on. Like changing a selection
2: law so that arguably your best player can't even represent his country when he's one of the main reasons that you've you're rethinking this fucking law in the first place. Mental. That is mental. Like this whole yeah. They they changed the selection policy thing today, so now they're doing the Aussie style 60 caps. Yeah. Or you can't um, or you can't play for Wales if you're outside of Wales. Thing. Who does but that? Who does that
1: leave eligible? Jamie Roberts.
2: And uh, Falato
1: Right. Charteris? Has he got more than 60? Uh, or are they ring point, fenced? Uh, are, they, are they still going to have uh, the 5 ring, pe- ring fenced players plus the no, 60 caps? The, right? No, that's
2: the thing. It's, it's purely. Uh, it, they're saying that it doesn't apply to people who previously. Like, they're being really weird about it because they can't. <laughs> it's almost like they don't have a
1: fucking clue what they're doing, isn't it?
2: Charteris has got 74 caps, so he'll be fine. Has
1: he really? How many yeah. of them came off the? Was him coming off the bench like a horse doing a cartwheel? Well, he kind of started hard, that it? many. Honestly, I yeah. Know, who knows? But,
2: but like, yeah, it's 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 a weird one because, yeah, the whole reason this whole thing started is because people kicked off because Dan Bigger and Rhys Webb left, hmm. and rightly so, and now they're rejigging this whole thing, so that Rhys Webb is now basically at his international career ended because yeah he signed a 3-year well he's committed to a 3-year deal with Toulon and um he's 28 years old like i just he doesn't deserve to be the fall guy for like the WRU's failure to confront confront reality about how the best players in the world of which you know he is one let's not be- beat around the bush he is probably one of the better scrum-halves in the world um and they they don't, they can't accept the reality of how much that sort of player earns now and so yeah. He's only got, what, 30 caps? But a large reason of that is because he's suffered several massively horrible, serious injuries in his career. At least one of which he was suffered while he was playing for Wales. And they're going to punish him for that, effectively.
1: Well, I suppose they've decided to draw the line somewhere. Because we just said, didn't we, look, he's going to still be playing anyway. This is all a nonsense. But they decided to draw the yeah. line somewhere, I suppose. Yeah.
2: But the thing that really got my back up was when Gatland was asked about it. His response was basically, oh, well, you know, he hasn't actually signed that too long contract yet, has he? Like, he's committed to them in principle, but he could always pull out and he could always decide to sign with Wales. Like, that is bullshit. Like, why on earth should any player be expected to turn down double the money at 28 years old? Because he wants to continue to represent his country in the exemplary fashion that he has for the last six or seven years. Like, would Gatlin take 50% less of what he could get elsewhere just to keep coaching Wales? I doubt it. Go, like,
1: Gatlin would go elsewhere and get 50% more somehow.
2: Exactly. Well, exactly. Of course he was. And anyone would. And it's just so hypocritical and there's so much muddled thinking. And basically one of Wales's best players is paying the price for it. Like, it's so fucked up. And there are so many stupid decisions being made. But, like, it's just wrong. For me, that like Webb is being basically made the fall guy for the WRU's truculence and ridiculousness over the last five years with dealing with this massive issue of keeping Welsh players in Wales.
1: We um, had um, a few tweets about this, as you can imagine. The uh, mm. what was it? Like, is Robbie Alexander going to tell and said, double shit for him is that Ross huh. Moriarty could now be ineligible for play for Wales?
2: Uh, yeah, he would be, but. He's going to sign for the Scarlets next year. So
1: is that the, is that is that the uh, is that the news? Is that the tip? Uh,
2: as far as I'm aware, yes, that's going to happen. And so. also,
1: Joe Tarring points out, and this is very very true. Getting rid of Gatland's law only to replace it with a system that continues to deny Aled Brew his rightful recall to the national setup.
2: Well, there is that certainly.
1: He well, always go back the, to the Dragons, though, couldn't he?
2: Well, that's the, I, I imagine that he wouldn't go anywhere near the Dragons with a fucking barge pole right now, <laughs> because he's playing for Bath,
1: starting for a, Bath.
2: Yeah, at 31 or 32 years of age. But you know, it's it's the problem is that like it's fine they're doing this, but they're not actually fixing the problem that is the national deal contracts thing. The pot isn't nearly big enough to to pay for it's, all of the players that they need to pay it's for. A it's a total. Like, what,
1: Unmitigated clusterfuck from start to finish, yeah, and they need to basically got... put the reverse gear in and move backwards and let it beep while it goes backwards slowly <laughs> until they figure out what the fucking hell they're doing because yeah. it's just. A they just
2: need to re- confront reality. That NDC pot for all of the dual contracts in Wales, and they're paying what sixty percent of them is two yeah. and a half million quid. Now, bearing in mind that Rhys Webb is on five hundred thousand pounds a year or whatever, that's yeah. too long. Like,
1: yeah. ha- it's a nonsense. You want to increase so we, that?
2: You want to increase that pot size a little bit,
1: lads? It's a nonsense, and so we kicked the arse out of it last week. So let's uh, yeah, let's, let's, let's leave off, it there. Let's not go there again. But while we're on Alid Brew, can I just say what I learned from the weekend? Is it regardless of what that analysis said last <laughs> week, no brew, no clue is an undeniable fact. It is, and
2: it, I mean, God, that try that he scored. What what was, where was that Ali Brew for the first, you know, 13 years of his career?
1: And that tackle he put in. Which yeah. then, about five minutes after that, Rocket Nguni put that tackle in that he did. And you're not yeah. telling me that that's not fucking hell, if Ali Brew can defend, so can I?
2: <laughs> Definitely, he's inspirational. Also, was that Rocket Nguni thing a tackle not? A horrendous high tackle. No, I don't think a it was.
1: I, I think it's I no, I'd think it was what you would call a rugby incident. The guy was about two foot off the floor and he Fair dived enough. in and his arm came now, there's two ways you can look at it. His arm came under the armpits to punch the ball out, or he uppercutted him. I can see both <laughs> sides of the argument. But the fact is I, I is don't that... think
2: he was particularly bothered about which one of those he was doing. <laughs> and I think But if you can't do probably... a last if you
1: just gotta we said this last year when this came in. Yeah. If the WRU, if the WRU, if the, if world rugby. It's not all the WRU. It's not all the WRU <laughs> I'm so locked into that. If if Rob Howley won't let people score, no. If, um. <laughs> he won't let people
0: if score. If world that's rugby. The
1: problem. If you can't tackle like that in that situation, in all honesty, no. that, what world rugby is saying is just stand there and let them score. That is. Because yeah, there's like, nothing I mean, else but, you can do. It's a nonsense. True. But 23 0. And also, that point you made the other week about how. Blackadder's turning back into the Crusaders slowly. That was mm. another classic one where, for most of that game, you were like Treviso. They were well, shit. Go, well, going to win this Treviso, and yeah. they lost twenty-three yeah. nil because of Gandhi Aled Brew. Yeah,
2: exactly. Speaking of that, that Brew tackle though, like the people's reactions to the Farrell tackle on Foden demonstrate how rapidly the game is changing in terms of what is a good tackle and what isn't and how confusing it is for fans and officials and everybody. Hmm. Like, I've seen, you know, a variety of people, all of whom make fine points, say it's a penalty, it's a clean tackle, (laughs) it's a yellow card, (laughs) it's a red card. That's a very good
1: point, isn't it? That Every time you see these debates, every person, whichever position they adopt, you think, that's a very good point. Even though yeah, they're arguing there's... for three very different yeah. things, that's very he's
2: true. He's got, he's got, he's got a fair point there. He's, he's also got a fair point, and him, <laughs> he's got a, another entirely opposing but yeah. fair point. I, I couldn't tell you, like, at first glance, that Farrell tackle looked like a big, solid, good hit to me.
1: But, but the legs went you, beyond was, the. Uh...
2: Was yeah. Then you see, oh, legs did go beyond horizontal, and he did tip him. A little bit, and he didn't really bring him to ground that safely. He kind of dropped him a little bit, and did he? He landed on his back. Is that the upper body? What's classed as the upper body?
1: It's a fucking mess. And Everything's I have things mess. You know, I had a few rounds on Twitter last week about the whole elbow thing yes. in the New Zealand game, and actually, Absurd. and people. People tend to want to couch these two things. I'm quite happy with the Farrell tackle. I thought there was nothing wrong with it. It was a good, solid hit, and he put him on his back. At the end of the day, if you don't end up on your back in a tackle, where exactly are you fucking supposed to end up? By the way, <laughs> um, very good. Point. Um, and people say, "Oh well, yeah, but you're quite, but you were all over saying it should be a red card for the elbow." I said, well, one, I wasn't saying that, but two, I said I, I didn't say it should be a red card, but I could see why it would be. It's that's completely different to running deliberately with your elbow up into somebody's head. Yeah, you know that's not really part of the game. Tackling how it put something on the back is,
2: yeah, exactly, and yeah, and I, and I can see I can literally see every argument, and I, know, I, <laughs> I, know, I, I no longer know what I think about things, and that's kind of what all of this constant meddling with rules in rugby is, is driving me towards, I feel, because like that, the thing the contact law, the new contact law, I now know have no idea what's going on in Iraq anymore. Because
1: no, I mean it was only no, marginally. You, you know, let's be honest. All rugby fans only marginally knew what was going on anyway. Let's be quite True. honest about this. But there was some level of sense to it, whereas now it is a bit. Yeah, like and the, the interpretations seem to be worse now than they were before. Yeah, because I don't think even the refs are entirely
2: confident that- of the interpretation. That um, the Blayendal yeah. thing in the Munster Castro game. If that was not like, I did, uh, yeah, I. And uh, um, Robin Copeland at the end of the monster game, I should say. Like, Who did
1: monster play against? Cast. God, they were shit, weren't they? But I had to get that cast <laughs> joke in.
2: <laughs> uh, are we? Are we got some dodgy coming up as well? No, A I haven't got any dod-
1: dodgy coming up. No. no.
2: Anyway. Gomez, maybe. Anyway. Uh... <laughs> The, yeah, the first
1: like, Gomez be, album was all right.
2: Oh, that's controversial. <laughs> um, anyway, anyway what, what, yeah, the Robin, Cop- the Robin Copeland knocking the ball out of the cast for a scrum half thing at the end of that Munster cast game. Yeah, like They TMO'd that, and they said it was fine. But Robin Copeland clearly had his hand on a man who was clearly over the ball. Doesn't need to be another man there, so he's part of the ruck. And so, yeah. like if, you're touchy, if you've are touching, if you got your hand on a ruck, you're part of the ruck. That's what it used to mean, anyway.
1: I've <laughs> given Surely. It up. And also, there's loads of the times team now team where... i any idea, and neither do they. And there's loads of times now where people are just tackling, not even letting go of the ball, standing up, and then ripping it off, and nobody's calling it. Yeah. Whereas, actually, as soon as it hits the floor, now there's an offside line, apparently. Yeah, it's a fucking mess. Apparently, really we're reviewing this in December. Because remember when we said... Oh, yeah. You know, they just implement these things and you're fucked now. They never change them. But yeah. they are going to review it in December and then some sense comes fucking through. Fucking
2: yeah. rid of it immediately. <laughs> it didn't need to happen in the first place. And all you've just done is bollocks up the contact area and made it much easier to defend because you just spread out and nobody bothers to commit to a ruck anymore. It's just, oh, awful. It's one of the worst rules they've ever brought in for just sucking a lot of the fun out of the game. Yes. Um, other things I learned. Go on. For supposedly the best defensive fullback in the business, <laughs>
1: yes.
2: Lee Offpenny hasn't got a fucking clue where to put his head in the tackle, has he? And for Jesus. being one of the
1: best kickers, it looked like he had a flump for a foot. on a uh, Yes,
2: that wasn't ideal either. But so how many times have we seen him do that exact thing? Line up a man perfectly and get his, his head and all of that completely wrong? And he's injured himself a few times doing that, and it's
1: like... He can't tackle Lee, his just, left shoulder, can he? No, Lee. Learn where to put your head, mate. It's basic shit. Like, and you're going to really more, hurt yourself. That's another thing. Properly well, he hurt yourself.
2: Really, but he really hurt. Remember that um, game against Australia where Curtly Beale scored the breakaway try in the eighty-first minute or something to hmm. ruin my life um, <laughs> again. Half penny. Halfpenny attempted and once again failed to make a tackle in basically the exact same circumstance because he got his head on the wrong side and really badly injured his neck. But it's neck odd that he's perceived, he's perceived
1: as a sense. very good defender, isn't he? I think his position he is he's good and he does tend to put people down most of the time, even if it's with his yeah. head.
2: But I think if he's going, if he's attacking on the uh, his left, like you say, he doesn't know where he doesn't like tackling with his left shoulder, so he tries to get his huh. right shoulder in there, and it just absolutely ruins his. His form entirely, and usually he drops off the tackle, and at worst he gets himself injured.
1: Speaking of oh. outside backs, here's what I learned at the weekend: that yes. Ashton looks just as stupid with the ball bouncing over his head oh, in France as, he so as he does as he does it. Wasn't it? As he does <laughs> And uh, on and a relief,
2: I love Johnny McNichol's little pirouette to take it off him, though, because <laughs> it just <laughs> felt like such an unnecessary dick move. It did. I'm sure it was necessary in his mind, but the fact that he just sort of was twirling as he did it. As He might as well have been flicking V's as he was going over the line.
1: And, the, and during that game as well, what that to go back to that injury, when he got injured, Stuart Barnes watched the replay about three times of that, that incident and went, oh, mm. Steph Evans has got his head the wrong side there, really at his head. Oh, Steph Evans, he's not done too well there. It's like, well, I can maybe understand, one you a professionals you shouldn't get a mixed up, but I suppose this <laughs> does happen. But Lee mm. wears a hat and Steph doesn't. That's not really that <laughs> hard to spot, is it?
2: No, and he has got a telly right there. And, <laughs> and both, probably some of his ear both, going... Yeah, yeah and they've both got their numbers on their back, and he's got a team sheet in front of him. So Yes, and oh, all of that. Also, in, in, in related news, I cannot fucking wait until Johnny McNichol becomes Welsh.
1: Yes, you've made that point before, but you know it will all go yes, wrong in gonna, some way. Once he I'm is Welsh, ke- it will start to go terribly. You know that, don't you?
2: Yeah, or he'll just decide to play for Scotland or something. Here's Who what, could blame him?
1: Here's what I learned of the weekend. Do you know where... where there's a massive ringing of hands about the fact that players are all basically getting killed within two weeks of the season started because there's yes. too many games, there's too many collisions and everything's a nightmare. Uh-huh. And the only way that we can solve this is by having a 27-month season where they have to play against hippopotamuses or something. <laughs> well, basically, <laughs> yes. it got me to thinking, because I was thinking about the Champions League of football and what the European Cup used to be like. If we wanted to solve this problem, why don't we just have a straight knockout competition? Yeah. Then you wouldn't have to win. What is it, fourteen games or something to win the European something club? like that? Yeah.
2: Yeah. The problem with that though is so. that you sit, like most teams would only play like a couple of games in Europe, and they would get less revenue. And oh, yeah. Well,
1: yeah, of course, yeah. I can see all the problems with it. <laughs> I'm just saying. Do you know what I mean? Why don't I'm just saying, there's not you know, enough there's you know, not enough jeopardy in sport these days. Now that yeah. now that people aren't getting the you know aren't getting straight the straight
2: knockout. I'm, I'm like things like for example, whatever the fuck they call the um, the EDF Energy Cup these days. Why the fuck that isn't just straight knockout? I've got no idea because no one gives a fuck about it anyway. So mm. why not just like the British and Irish Cup? Why isn't that just a straight knockout? Like.
1: But imagine these two but, draws yeah. of the weekend, if they had to play till somebody won. Yeah. But I, you know, you know. I, I like the European Cup. I'm not being that guy. I'm just saying it's interesting that yeah. people are very concerned about player welfare, unless it means they may have to take a cut in money.
2: Yeah, and then instantly, everyone on all sides gets a little bit apathy. <laughs> and I'm not saying that one side is right or one side isn't. I'm just saying that just saying nobody saying really wants... is. Nobody really wants to compromise here, do they? The players don't really want to have any less money, but they want to play less games. The owners want to make more money, but they want to make out like they're not. They give a shit about player welfare, and everyone's broke. Yeah. So, yeah. Figure I, that one out. I come back to my point last week, and I feel like I'm going to be doing this a lot this season. be is a is just careering towards a precipice of shit. Um, Anyway... You don't have to get some
1: bright news on this pod, don't you, ladies and gentlemen?
2: Yeah. Um, Other things I learned this week. Um, If Welsh regions could play for, like, just the last 40 or 50 minutes of
1: European games, we'd win the whole fucking thing. To be fair, yeah, the Scarlet, that was remarkable. And they didn't win... but it was remarkable because they looked like they were going to get absolutely Uh, rear-ended.
2: Well, equally, the Ospreys, first 15, 20 minutes of that game, they looked like they were going to get dicked. They conceded two incredibly soft tries. They looked an absolute shambles and somehow managed to be within a point with 79 minutes gone Hmm. and scored two really good tries. Which they haven't done at all this season. Even the Blues, the Blues were like struggling against um, Leon in the first half and then absolutely cut loose in the second. It's, I, I mean, they all of them just like in the case of the Ospreys and the Scarlets, they just need to stop giving themselves these massive mountains to climb because like stirring an impressive but ultimately vain fight fightback so all well and good, but. Like, maybe don't put yourself in the hole in the first place.
1: Yeah. What's, what's, the, what's the biggest thing you look back on and think, I wish I'd not spent my money on that?
0: Ooh. Let oh, me that start with mine
1: while you're having a think, right? Mine is either yeah. the Ford Fiesta I bought for 700 quid when I was 21, and yeah. it failed its MOT so catastrophically two months later that the mechanic <laughs> was genuinely mystified as to how I was still alive, having been driving around <laughs> it. It was either that... Or the Vax window vacuum I bought the other week, only to get it home and realise that the squeegee was too wide for the panes in my sash windows. Now that that's is, a fucking middle class problem for you right there, by the way. That is
2: incredibly middle class problem. Um, I would say probably tickets to Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull.
1: Ooh, that's a good shout. Uh, that is a waste, yeah.
2: Yeah, that was a, a lot of waste of money. Big style. Well... Um, Yeah.
1: None of those things, even if you add them all together, are as much Mm. of a waste of money as Willie LaRue is. (laughs) (laughs) He occasionally looks quite good, though. Oh, does he?
2: Like, yeah, but not good enough. He has been an absolute. He's not been very good for the last couple of years. Let's not beat around the bush here. And he's.
1: What's he doing at Wasps? Like, it, it, what was, emotionally I, like, <laughs> Emotionally, what are you doing in Coventry, Willie? Yeah, Honestly, yeah. what are you trying to work I through here? I know it's an absolute shit tip
2: Like, <laughs> is it just making Like, have you not moved to Leamington Spa? Is that the problem? Or Warwick?
1: Maybe that's like, what it is
2: Maybe because he was unfamiliar with the area He literally moved to Coventry and he, like, lives on Walsgrave Road or something.
1: I'd like to make a joke about some crap place in Birmingham, but I don't know the area well enough. <laughs> so no. yeah,
2: well, I I lived in Coventry for a year. Oh, I, I forgot be... that, yeah, is, is, you is, did, didn't Is Willie Roo living in, in Hillfields? Is that the problem? Because
1: Is that I what it is, Coventry guns... people out there? If there are Coventry yeah. listeners out there.
2: The Coventry listeners, they're fucking loving that. Yeah, Christ. oh, they're, they're loving it, yeah. Quality, about. Quality on the bus Coventry now. <laughs> you don't get enough Coventry humor in your lives, I'll bet. <laughs> Does Willie really spend all his time going round and round the ring road because he doesn't understand how to get off it, and that's really impacting on his training time? Because he doesn't
1: understand how the robots work. Because that's what they call traffic lights in South Africa, isn't it? (laughs) Robot. Yeah, I've got a South African sister-in-law who's very lovely, but she's yeah, she calls it a robot. That's incredible. Yeah, um...
2: that's that's one of the most charming things I've ever heard. I'm (laughs) delighted by that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, unless she's just winding me up and taking a piss, she could be doing that.
2: Possibly. Yeah.
1: Well, that's what um, I learned as we move on. I learned that, speaking of South Africa, super sports mm. in South Africa really don't know what players look like. Have you seen this? No. Jack oh. Berger posted, and it was posted by Martin North to us,
2: mm.
1: who said, uh, and it's, it's the Saracens team, and it's the Saracens forwards, number six, Marowitoji, but the face <laughs> is the face of Courtney Laws. <laughs>
2: That is oh And then it gets even
1: better in that it's randomness, okay. So they've done that for now that's obviously got a whole questionable, you know, thing with that. Yeah but it's especially not especially
2: for a South African yeah, TV station to do that, that's very unfortunate on a whole variety of levels.
1: But it's not that, it's also the fact that um then in the backs they've got Nick Abendinen's picture for Liam Williams as the winger. Mm,
2: that's, brilliant.
1: that's brilliant. They've got Ben Foden as Chris Wiles. I'm assuming it's a receding hairline that, that makes them think that he might be... Oh, I'm
2: looking at this now. It's great. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. And who
1: is that that they're saying is Andy Goode at fullback? <laughs> I've got Alex no Goode, idea. sorry. I can't, it's a bit like, blurry and I can't see who it is.
2: He, yeah, it sort of looks like if Ali, Ali Brew grew a massive beard <laughs> and <laughs> some awesome.
1: hair. But it's because it's quite blur. But it's definitely Ben phone, It's definitely Nicky Benderden as Liam Williams. And I don't know who Alex Goode is. But it's definitely not Alex Goode. That which I do know.
2: I tell you what, though. That layout, like, that looks like the Sky graphic. So I wonder if well, Supersport it's... used Sky's graphics. And if so, did Sky do this?
1: Possibly. I didn't see the beginning of the game. So, yeah. But it's on Supersport, isn't it? So Bizarre. It's... How can you get oh, that, that so lost. wrong?
2: So, and not just one, like getting one. Oh, wrong. Callum Clark's wrong.
1: <laughs> Callum Clark's wrong, I've just noticed. I mean, Callum Clark is wrong. Do you mean he's. Yeah, he's wrong, wrong full well. stop, but his pitch is wrong yeah. as well. He's double wrong. Turbo oh, wrong. Yeah, you, wrong square. I don't even know who that is. It looks like he's in a wasp shirt. I don't know, honestly. I know a bit about That's... rugby. I don't know who these people are.
2: Yeah, who are all these people? That's so weird. I mean, weird. Jamie George just looks delighted. As he Nick, always does. Uh, Ezequiel looks like he's got the flattest head I've ever seen and also someone <laughs> shining a bright light into his face.
1: Speaking of Saracens, they don't have to saved their best for Europe, do they? I learned that oh, much. Oh. It's almost they like they've good. sort of like said, right, we've let everybody fuck around long enough for now. We've given <laughs> yeah, a bit of right. hope to everybody. Let's just crack on, shall we? Yes. Liam, commence smashing their faces in, please. Kevin um. Sorrell is on the coaching team there and it made me remember. Do you remember back in when Andy Farrell was on the playing staff they mm. had four people who all had Rell at the end of their names. I don't know why this isn't even that interesting. It just made me remember. <laughs> they had Barrel, Farrell, Sorrell, and one other. I can't remember all in the same team I at that time. It yeah. always made me, Donald Barrel, Andy Farrell, Kevin Sorrell were all going to market. <laughs> it sounds like a nursery rhyme. I know something.
2: it does it sounds like a nursery rhyme or some sort of like mnemonic way of remembering it. <laughs>
1: Things. Barrel, Farrell, yeah. Sorrel, 30 days has
2: November. Something <laughs> like that. <laughs>
1: um, yes. But I, Saracen's fans out there, was there a fourth one with the Barrel, yes. <laughs> the, 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 bar, the Barrel, Farrel, that Sorrel thing? to be true. Or was, was, yeah. it, was it just those three? I can't remember. Where were um, we up to? Have you got anything else? I don't
2: know. Uh, I, I've learned that um, Namani Dolo needs to stop wearing a scrum cap because it's really confusing to me. Because, uh, as I said, I was watching this game in... An Irish bar in Valencia, so there was no commentary. And I kept saying to myself, Why is this lumbering second row hanging out on the wing like that? Oh, that prop could all shift. <laughs> yeah. And then all <laughs> of Oh, fuck. And when he scored, I was like, Oh, fuck, it's the money. No, no, All right. I mean, yeah, because I, I, it's a new development for him. It does, it sort of, I don't know, I like being able to see his shiny bald head as he's sort of careering down There's to the...
1: All 22 tri-long. stone of him barrels along. Fucking hell, he does. He
2: still barrels along, though, doesn't he? Jesus. As Bill McLaren he would say, can... like
1: a runaway milk lorry, like a runaway milk float.
2: Yeah, he took some stopping on Saturday, and uh, they were not stopping him. Well, they were, and then they weren't.
1: Then they weren't. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, well, while we're on France, can I just say, I'll just make a point there, it has to be said that Racing 92 must be the most unglamorous, glamorous club you've ever seen in your life. Their ground looks like Sardis Road. It's
2: terrible. And nothing against it? Sardis I'm...
1: Road. I love Sardis Road. But it's not very glamorous.
2: Yeah, everything against
1: Sardis Road. and uh <laughs> Yeah. But
2: no, it's weird, isn't it? Aren't they moving into that new arena next they wanna year? They want to move
1: somewhere. But yeah, they'll still only have 37 people watching, no matter where they go. It's bizarre.
2: Oh, no. Maybe they're thinking that, you know, oh, the U Arena, it's now called... Uh, the U Arena?
1: Yeah. It's
2: going to have 32,000 capacity. Why? Opening.
1: Are they planning <laughs> on doing something else there?
2: Uh, yes, for 40,000 yeah. for concerts.
1: I've got to obviously. say, it's not for the rugby, is it? The oh. International Bull Competition.
2: <laughs> it says that the, the, a movable stand will allow it to be used for indoor sports with a capacity as low as 5,000. I feel like they could probably do that, that with the rugby as well. That's a
1: stretch, isn't it, really? That's Yeah. A yeah, anyway, have we learned anything else or have we, done, uh, have we got anything else there?
2: Uh, one more thing that I've learned, actually, uh, speaking of France, La Rochelle, bags of fun. Um, but I don't really know what's going on with Quinns.
1: No, apart from Marcus Smith looking impressive again. Yes, yeah, very impressive. Is just, I can't under- you know, Quinns have been like this for about three years. You know, when you go to write a season preview and you look at Quinns yeah. and you go, I've really got no fucking idea what to say here.
2: I'm a fairly creative bloke, you know. But well, that's kind. Of, they're like a te- they're like a team preserved in like incredibly mediocre amber. <laughs> like, I, the lad I was on on the stag with on on the weekend. Is a quid in the season ticket holder, and he was just basically like,
1: did he have oh, a barber jacket on?
2: Um, I'm sure that he uh, he does work in the city. Hello, midi. <laughs> um, and but uh, yeah, he he was just like I I don't understand why they did what they did three years ago or like two years ago because like Conor O'Shea it was clearly not working out like no. they weren't doing that well they weren't doing that badly but they've clearly fallen given the amount of money that they've got and the amount of good players that they've got they should be a lot better than they are no. and yet they kind of were quite for aside from that one premiership win they've been very average under Conor O'Shea and then they he went and their decision. Instead of like, let's have fresh ideas. Let's do something different. Let's kick things up a gear. They go for Big John Kingston instead, who's part of the team already. And like, if he, like, as, as the lad quite rightly pointed out, don't you think if he had any good ideas, they would have actually used them already?
1: Yeah, it is. So funny, like, man,
2: isn't it? what's what are they doing? And it's yeah, it's just kind of it's purgatory for them, isn't it? They're just sitting there doing the same thing with the same group of players with the same idea. Every season, and it just it's just gone so stale, and it's getting worse by the season, and it's not really good.
1: Uh, a couple of things, finally, for me one, it's definitely the shirts with Northampton. Now, I know it was a different shirt this time, but it had luminous <laughs> things on it. Anything that's <laughs> yeah. luminous leads to terrible performance. Fair enough. And uh, as ARG King, Je- King Jacob IV on Twitter got in touch at Blood and Mud, and he said, Loyalty, is- wow, wow, yeah. Saints clawing their way back to form and confidence only to have it crushed by a Saracen's juggernaut, even worse than before. We've all been there, mate. Don't yeah. don't beat yourself up. You know. They're...
2: Don't worry. This 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 confidence boosting Ospreys loss from this week is going to seem like a blissful memory compared to the absolute prison shaming that is going to occur at uh, the Allianz Park for the Ospreys next weekend. So.
1: A lot of people are making a big thing about we should learn something that Krasnyar have beaten Stade Frontier. One, no, you shouldn't. One, they had to travel to Siberia. Two, it's the... you know, France, French teams don't give a flying fuck about going 10 miles down the road to play away. That's exactly. how little they care. Going to Siberia esprit, to play away.
2: Yeah, esprit de clocher or whatever it is certainly does not apply when you've gone all the way to bloody Siberia.
1: Esprit de cloche, what's that spirit of them uh, things you put over a plate to keep food warm? uh,
2: The bells. Basically, it's the (laughs) notion that French teams uh, only perform when they're within the sound of the church bells of whatever town they're in.
0: ACAST recommends podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna.
1: Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to, right now. Now we've done the weekend, can we get onto the real fucking proper news? Yeah, the weekend?
2: that's what that's getting, I getting like after We've wasted too much we've time on this. We've wasted too much time it's, on this already. It's fucking happened.
1: <laughs> it is it's on. It's
2: <laughs> it is the fuck on.
1: The Cuthbert Police on Cup has, as Adam Baldwin pointed out on Twitter, it now has a growing global footprint.
2: Oh, yes. We are in the top 14 where I feel like we should belong. I'm going to have to add, like, I'm going to have to add Oyanar onto my list of, like, teams on the Ultimate Rugby app that I get. <laughs> to, all of the... to
1: have notifications about. Yeah. Oh, Just to box off the excited. Connacht thing, Conic's held it for 31 days and three matches. Yeah. Which is quite
2: a long time. That's got to put them relatively. I'm
1: conscious, Joss. I said I said before, there may be some people who are relatively new to the pod. <laughs> Probably not, but there might be. So let me try and explain yes, that's so why, no. we're so e- why we're getting so we're getting so excited. This all started... I've got to be very quick. This all started when Treviso hadn't about what, two years ago? It was two years ago in January, so 18 months ago, call yes. it. But 18 months ago. Treviso hadn't won a game for the best part of a year, so we started hashtag, hashtag Treviso Shitwatch to see how long their yes. losing streak would last. About a month later, they managed to win, which was a bit disappointing. Mm. So then, yeah, new Josh came up with a grand yeah. idea of having a kind of ram fury Shield. It, whoever, so, whoever beat Treviso, whoever Treviso yes. beat, then got this pretend trophy. We called it the Shitwatch yes. Cup. Yes, and it's been passed around like that ever since. Then we call, we asked for yes. a reader to come up with a name. A reader, a listener, to come up with a name for it, and they suggested the Cuthbert Police on Cup to give it, you know, the true moniker it deserves. Basically, <laughs> yeah, in terms the, of the, uh, the mediocrity, the gravitas of, we, of
2: yeah. two terrible. One of whom is going back to Stade Français. Young Jules was uh, six hundred
1: really... euros a year. Yeah, think about that one. Mm. Is that, you talk about the escalating salaries. Imagine if you lived in a world over here without a salary cap where police on got £600,000 a year.
2: It's mad, isn't it? I don't want to live I mean, in if that world. Had six, initially, when you initially said it there, you said £600 a year, which is about what police on deserves yeah. to earn. That I could get that behind. On Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> he was cold. But, uh, but it's, yeah,
1: fair. yeah. So that's how we've got here. It's been passed around and passed mm. around and passed around. And it's been stuck in the Pro 14 for its entire life. Until now.
2: With the exception of one week oh no, when yeah. Bath had it. He went
1: to Bath for a week, then he gave it straight back yeah. to Cardiff. Sorry, you're yeah. right. self bastards.
2: bastard now, for the first time, we are in the top 14. And we will stay in the top 14 for quite some time because the next Challenge Cup game that Oya and I have got is against Breve, who are also a bit of shit. And then we're just in top 14 all the way through to like... Whenever, Christmas, I guess. Brilliant. I mean
1: Toulon could end up with it. I don't care. Yeah. Toulon could end up with it. And then it'll be back in Europe and who knows where the fuck it's gonna end up. I can't wait. Yeah, that's the thing that's the slightly exciting thing.
2: If it sort of goes to a good team in a flick moment, it could literally go anywhere. Let's not forget that like Murad Bujalal, like he occasionally organises those ridiculous like north south tournaments. Like they could go to super rugby.
1: Will they it be classed will they be classed as canon? Or will they be non canon well, It's a competitive fixture, isn't it? Because we don't you know, count pre season, really. We don't count pre season. No, but
2: they they're playing for a trophy, it's a competitive fixture. I count it. Just because it would excite me.
1: So, more than anything else. So, so, so ladies and gentlemen who stuck with us for so long while it's oh, bounced around it. the, the the bean can of the pro fourteen.
2: Yes. And can we just The Lady's well and truly to... off? by the way. Yeah, can we just say congratulations to Munster and Scarlets for being the only teams in the Pro 12 never to have uh, Pro 14 well Pro 12 actually to have never held it during this the near two year bounce around the fucking league.
1: You managed to not be as shit as everybody else. Well done. Well in done. Terms of this. Well done indeed. So that's so, yeah. called we'll keep an eye on it. Be, we we Oyun- sometimes Oyun- leave Oyun- it week to week now. We won't be leaving it now. So know, Oyun- are playing Oyun- who Oyun- breathe next?
2: Oyunar Oyun- shit, Oyun- shit watch is on. Hashtag shit watch is on. As ever, if you want to follow uh, at the uh, CP Cup on Twitter, that's where you can find all of your shitwatch slash peace on cup news hot off the press. In case when the I press can it. be bothered to be turned on. Yeah, in, yes. case, in case I forget it or we forget the login of that Twitter.
1: Uh, <laughs> Which I have done, so I've not been able to update yes.
2: it. So it's all just that's have I, and it's on my phone, and that, I, I don't know what the password is, so... It, God knows what happens if I use my phone, or a new um, version
1: gets installed.
2: Yeah, or a new version gets installed. Indeed. So uh, yeah, enjoy it while you can. But in the meantime, yeah, at the CP Cup on Twitter, I was there. I was sat on the lovely, you know, looking over the beach in Valencia, enjoying a very tasty beer with the 24 degree heat, with a nice breeze just blowing in, and there I was, refreshing my phone. <laughs> following. Honest, is...
1: That is live, as the off-weeder's yeah. aim pet tune said, that's living <laughs> all right.
2: Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. And uh yes, I was delighted.
1: Right then, shall we go have a look at another great rugby argument from times gone yes. by?
2: let's do that.
1: Now, I call this one Luke Watson hmm. versus everyone in South Africa and Adidas. Oh, okay. Do you remember Luke Watson? I do remember Luke Watson. Flanker Luke Watson's son of father, uh, son of his father was Cheeky Watson, who's a
2: great, great name. name.
1: And also, to add to his luster, he was a famous anti-apartheid campaign. Campaign. He was, yes. But even Cheeky didn't stir up as much controversy as Luke did. And Cheeky was fighting the good fight for reasons you probably would want to fight for, whereas Luke didn't seem want to. Mm. Watson was first not selected by the box in 2006 despite some recent mm. showing in the Super Fourteen of that year. Many felt that on-selection was due to his personal issue between the flanker and the then-coach, Jake White, but White denied this, saying that it was basically because he thought Watson was a bit shit at rugby. I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but that's yeah, kind of what he said. You know. Watson was finally selected in 2007 after much political meddling by the board to play against Samoa. And put in, and, in, and let's go, he put an average performance against Samoa in 2007. And you won't remember this, listeners, but he did. Watson, however had seriously seen his arse, decided to vent to Sports <laughs> Illustrated that White lacked integrity and not content, content with... I mean, you know, that's hard to believe, isn't it, that Jay White lacks integrity? No. Oh. Not content with rubbishing the coach in print, he also no. set, out, set about Captain John Smith as, Smith as well, questioning his leadership credentials and stating that the Springboks had lost their pride and passion. Jesus. He didn't confine his arguments to the national stage either. Following a substitution for the game against the Stormers, he refused to turn up for a press conference with the coach and in 2008 was stripped of the captaincy of the province after the players had apparently lost confidence in his leadership skills. Jesus. Amazingly, amazingly, Watson also managed to anger his sponsor Adidas by being filmed in training wearing Nike boots.
2: (laughs) fuck's sake. Seriously, Luke.
1: Yeah, this unlike everything else in his life was actually sorted out internally, but perhaps his greatest controversy occurred in the past few months, in the past few months of that year, mm. with his speech to the Umboba Umbumbo sorry, Ubumbo rugby festival in Cape Town. Among other things, he was reported as to have said that wearing a South African jersey is a burden, and that I struggled to keep myself from vomiting on it. <laughs> Oh. And also that the South African Rugby Union is rotten to the core and run by Dutchmen, <sighs> which if you don't know the African thing, Dutchmen are, are the kind of obviously people of Dutch extraction, africaners, yeah. yeah. Cheeky claims that his son has been misquoted out of context. <laughs> How'd you get that quoted must... out of context? By the way. God. Uh, so basically, he was. Stop from the autumn matches in Europe because he refused to get on the because basically the, the touring squad that autumn then wouldn't get on the co- on the plane with him when he was in the Springbok squad.
2: Yeah, God, I I sort of vaguely remember all this happening at the time. Just as a, a sort of thing about Luke Watson's rugby career, his Wikipedia page, hmm. the section "Controversies" is substantially <laughs> longer than any of the bits about his rugby.
1: Which, I kind of love him. I do really love him because he just I, doesn't give a I, shit, I'm does so, he? Well, he's a like he's a, a bit of a
2: well, like, like I I've got real sympathy for him, but I can't help but think that I think he's prefer, like a very principled person, but also at the same time, he's a bit of a kind of like teacher's son kind of thing going on, you know? Because like Cheeky Watson did loads of stuff playing like integrated mixed rugby teams and stuff in south africa which is part was a big part of his work of anti-apartheid stuff which is obviously brilliant and very but it does feel like he was a bit of a kind of helicopter dad overbearing dad kind of and the thing that sort of like yeah it's like he obviously had these things that he felt very strongly about and but i'm not sure that he ever like he really got his point across in the right way you ever. could say that, yeah. And, and he kind of just was, he didn't have any tact, like there were ways and means in which he could have sort of, because obviously, he, you know, entirely laudable goals of wanting to see a more integrated, more like progressive South African rugby union, all of this stuff. But the mm. way that he did it made him sort of come off looking like a bit of a fucking an I mean, nothing says times.
1: principles like wearing night boots when he's sponsored by Adidas. That's the biggest uh, yeah. I mean, principle stand that you can that's take.
2: Disgrace, <laughs> <it>? absolute disgrace. <laughs> but then, of course, he but went like, to Bath, didn't he? But that's the
1: that's the thing,
2: because like, when you took him out of that environment, where obviously like he's you know he was famous before he even put on a rugby shirt in South Africa yeah. because he was cheeky Legacy the son and all that, yeah. And that is a huge problem. You know, it's the it's the Geordie Cruyff. Problem, really, isn't it? What, he
1: was shit at you football know. is that the problem?
2: Well, yeah, but and that's you know he didn't want to have the Cruyff on the back of his shirt yeah. because nobody wants to deal with that legacy. And obviously, you know, his dad isn't I mean Johan Cruyff, but like yeah, his but dad yeah. is a as a is a big figure in in anti-apartheid stuff and in South African you know sporting on the South African sporting landscape. And there's yeah, it's just like where do you? So he went. How do you deal? How do you be a professional player and deal with all of that expectation, all of that baggage? And then when he went to Bath, all of a sudden he is out of huh. all of this. You know, constantly feeling like he has to sort of bang the drum for all of these sort of things that he rightly believes in. And he just got on with being a rugby player, and he was brilliant for Bath. I remember him being brilliant for Bath. Huh. I think they made him captain as well. And.
1: Well, he did two years at Bath. Then he went back to South Africa in 2010. He went back to the, mm. uh, to bring it full circle to the Pro 14. Now he went back to the Kings or the Eastern Province. Yeah, Kings, well,
2: the King, you, he went back to the Kings basically to be captain there. and to, I because think he just Kings missed were,
1: having massive public slanging matches. He found it all a bit too <laughs> sedate over well, here.
2: I, I believe his dad was president of Eastern Province Rugby Union. and so And wow. when they started the Kings, basically... He was like, Right, my son is coming in and he's going to be captain of this new team that we've created that's going to play in Super Rugby. Yeah. And yeah, that's a problem.
1: He, he may have been quoted as saying, While I've enjoyed my time at the wreck, the English is just too da- tam- damn polite to ful- fulfill that part of my <laughs> life where I need to have a massive row with people.
2: Yeah. Maybe I, I've I mean, tried it's... time
1: and again to so irritate we the bad sponsors, but they just seem to just <laughs> won't let, they just won't have it. Yeah, so I'm yeah, off back to South Africa.
2: I've, Dyson really like it. Help higher as it was at the time, just they g- just they just don't seem to be allowing me to really <laughs> nag on. <aggregate. laughs> yeah. yeah. if, if
1: I go back to South Africa, just if I just gently cough <laughs> in a press conference, it's greeted with howls of outrage. So that's kind yeah, of they what they say. I'm up.
2: trying to. They say I'm trying to throw up on a springbok or something. <laughs>
1: I love that. That is brilliant, though. The shirt makes you want to throw a, up on it, and it's rotten you, to the core. Wouldn't you love coming... to have, uh, like, a, a lead in international to stand up in a... Well, go back to Wru. Yeah. Right? Wouldn't it be brilliant if somebody stood up... If Reece Webb stood up now and said, this is rotten to the core, and I feel like yeah. throwing up on the
2: shirt. shirt makes me want to throw up on it.
1: But that's, you know, all of the things that he said
2: like that, you under- you understand where he's coming from, but he's saying things in a totally tactless way <laughs> that... But there's just uh, yeah, not enough I, of this
1: anymore, is there? We no, all we all want to see a bit more of that. I think.
2: I think. I think. You know. I know. It was only like 2006, two thousand and six, seven, you know, six, seven through to about two thousand and eleven. But can you imagine if social media had existed when? Like, yeah, in it wasn't quite it a thing now. then,
1: was it? Can you imagine? Can you imagine, can you imagine? the pylon on that would have been on social media? It
2: would have been insane. Uh, which so is there another go. reason why Twitter is awful.
1: Um, Great rugby arguments again, then, gentlemen. Luke Watson yes. versus South Africa. Adidas, and so probably anybody who comes in is his public, anywhere near yes. his space, really. For yeah, a period basically. of time. Should we do shit good to finish this off? I think we probably should. Should not we? What do I do first?
2: Uh, let's talking? do shit because I haven't got many of those. So
1: I've got I've got ones on Twitter for shit. I've been a bit slow on the shit uptake this week. Do you want to? It's <laughs> not like it's not, not like not us, not is like it? Like no, you no, at all? A yeah, bit too, bo- yeah, bit too um, bouncy. It's because of our cast on. That's that's absorbed yeah. all my shit.
2: Yeah. Um let's see. Shit for me. Uh Ben Foden's top knot. Oh god. All the tip tackles in the world aren't enough to like <laughs> <it's>, you deserve <laughs> yeah. it. It's a court also martial offence alone. Yeah. Also shit house, uh Tamana Harrison.
1: Yeah, he did pile in there, didn't he?
2: Yeah, like nowhere near it, and he was being quite nasty there. Um
1: Although they're now saying that Far might have elbowed him in the head. But I don't think... Oh,
2: God, everybody's elbowing every fuck there. <laughs> every Basically, every time people square up to each other now, people are seeing fucking elbows to the face and yeah, sh- uh, whatever.
1: Yeah, that was quite shit. What else got shit from her Twitter? Um, <laughs> Andy got in touch on Twitter and said that shit literally was whoever went to Pontypool Park before the game on Saturday and actually shat in the stand. It was a human shit in the stand at Pontypool Park. Insert your own joke, non Pontypool fans, but seriously, yes. that is there was even a photo of it. It was so yes. minging, Literally it shit. Was,
2: it's I mean it's Pontypool, isn't it? There are animals down there. Who knows what but, Ben Jeffries
1: will say about this?
2: I can guess exactly what he's gonna say about that. <laughs> he'll, he'll have a whinge on Twitter again, I'm guessing. Oh. And get all haughty. Um yeah. Don't do that. Don't shit in a rugby... St- like. I mean, I think he said that this was the reason why they really need to close off and put some fences up around the ground. But to be honest with you, I'd, I'd agree with him on that. I think that's pretty compelling evidence. Yes, yeah. I played... When uh, someone does a poo...
1: I played at Blindhaven once, and they had all oh. cages around their little stand that they had there. Aven is a bit like playing on sort of like a different, like a cross between the moon and sort of the last <laughs> frontier... It's really quite
2: Yeah, odd. but that was a strange place. It's got a nice, you know, nice museum, though.
1: Yeah, the big pits there, isn't it? But yeah, yeah plainly, But I think that was then. mostly because of needles. They had to lock it up because I think a lot of... uh. uh yeah. Well,
2: there well would you rather have shit or needles, Ben? Do get back to... The would US you summer. rather...
1: Or would you rather shit needles? Think about that.
2: Yeah. Oh, ow.
1: <laughs> anyway, that went off on one, didn't yes. it? I do apologise. Yeah, Any did. more shit from uh, you? But it's not yes. anything to do with actual shit.
2: Uh, Matthew Carley in the Munster cast game. Mm, he was a bit he's, of a shambles. He's, n- he, he's
1: not big on the big calls. Matthew, is he?
2: No, he basically just wanted, like, decided Munster were going to have a draw. <laughs> 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 and, and he has got yeah, an Irish they, name. Let's start that now. Well, Let's start that well. going. <laughs> uh, no, it was just very odd. There were some, was it like some of those decisions that he made near the end of the game in the second half were just. Very strange and very confusing, and it's, hard, it's a fucking hard job being a ref, I know, but he had a bit of a stinker.
1: Speaking of being a ref, Toby Baker got in touch and said, Shit, well, ref related stuff. Toby Baker got in touch on Twitter at Blood and Mud, and he said, Shit, was Francois Lowe putting his hands on someone's eyes.
0: I mean, really, oh. there really
1: is no need to put your hands in somebody's face ever. No, not really. It's really not that difficult to not do, is and it? yet.
2: It happens. A r- it's almost like it's on purpose.
1: Times. But you're supposed to <laughs> understand because these people play on the end, on the edge. You see, yeah, which is just such mm. bollocks.
2: Uh, shit for me is the Six Nations.
1: Is it already? Oh god. Uh,
2: yes, because, namely, Six Nations pulled, or they they uh, ended the RBS sponsorship deal. Oh
1: yes, I have read a year this, yeah. early.
2: Um, because they were giving it the big one and said, that, oh, you know, we can make way more money than what you want to renew with us with. Um, and then when no other fucker was actually interested in sponsoring them, they have to go back cap in hand to RBS and say, please sponsor us again. And they've now lost five million quid from what the RBS offer originally was. So well done, everyone. Brilliant move. Um, it's... it's you know rugby's rolling in cash, so it's not like the unions could have done with an extra five million quid. So don't worry about it. It's like it's it's brilliant. Fine, top draw stuff.
1: Yeah, I imagine. You know, I get the impression the RBS Six Nations guys have such a ball. They're a bit like White Goodman in um, <laughs> in dodgeball, the way he yeah. tries to like give it the big talk and keeps ballsing it up.
0: You yeah, know, how convenient for you that.
1: and the clock, sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm on the clock here, Brexit. so it's it's £2 million or you can bugger off. How convenient <laughs> for you and the clock. Yeah, yeah I just said <laughs> that. I know you just said that.
2: <laughs> yeah, and also thanks Brexit as well, because they're blaming it on Brexit.
1: That, and hang on, how is this Brexit's fault? I'm so I, I um, can hold it people, responsible for many things,
2: yes, honestly. Apparently I'm people, confused people, with this uh, People don't want to sponsor something that... F- features three British things because of the uncertainty about Brexit. And what? The, they, people won't play rugby after I Brexit? I think they're basically like they went to a load of British companies and they were like, yeah, oh, we yeah. Win. We're tightening and our obviously the, only, the, only, the only people that rugby know how to try and appeal to in terms of trying to get sponsorship deals are big financial companies. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, that's apparently literally the only thing yeah. that anybody involved in rugby has in their fucking Rolodex. Yeah. So, um, and I think they were just not very keen on spunking a load of money on sp- sponsoring the Six Nations when they're all about to have to move to Dublin or Amsterdam or Paris. So,
1: you know, it's yeah. coming, it's going to be the Gregg's Six Nations Championship or something. I'll it? see,
2: it. that'd be fitting, though, wouldn't it? That'd
1: be brilliant, absolutely. And they're brilliant.
2: going to rename Twickenham the fucking Barber Dome or whatever. So,
1: the Wonga Dome, like Newcastle. <laughs> um, Right, yeah. So that was shit. What else have we got from shit on Twitter here? Oh, Dave Garrick. I didn't. I didn't see this, Dave. I'll be honest. But shit, he's in Haskell, flopping about like a fish when caught on the wrong side of the rock to convince the ref he wasn't interfering. I haven't seen this, but apparently he gave it the full ground shagging underneath the rock and everything, and looked a bit ridiculous.
2: God. So I haven't uh, seen that phrase. So I can't that, say anything. So thanks
1: for telling me, but I haven't seen it.
2: I can't wait till somebody sends you seven million videos. <laughs> yes, that. thank
1: you. I'm sure I'm going to get it. Thanks very much. Yeah. Uh, oh, he's oh, yes. also somebody sent me videos been doing something with the JCB. You've obviously got to deal with the JCB. I've not watched that either. Really. Just to make it clear to everybody, I don't watch this stuff to wind myself so well, up. I haven't watched them. No. You you know, he's actually... going to have a massive media career when it's over. I have, I've, I'm, I've, I've accepted that. <laughs> I'm getting used to the idea. You know, let, just you leave res- me in Have peace. you resigned
2: yourself to the fact that he's going to be on the Six Nations every single year? Yeah, with that massive Once you retire. What, what a depressing thought. Let's, let's enjoy rugby while we just have let's to look at Austin. <laughs>
1: And not the massive, you know, free cost in here that was suggested at the beginning. Right, <laughs> yeah, what have maybe. we got that's
2: good? Tiny, chopsy one. Um, good, Liam Williams, woof. Yes. Both of those tries, woof. Yeah, Reese not and agree positive. with you on
1: that. I'm going for Liam Williams, yes. Fair enough.
2: Yeah, and also um, that line that he hit, that set up the other try, was also woof.
1: He is, um, um, we've mentioned this before and so have lots of other people, but... It's that thing, is it because he's so talented or is it because he wasn't really actually coached until he was about 20?
2: <laughs> I do wonder if it's a little a column A and a little of column B, yeah. but whatever it is, it's is a joy. Like, the fact that he scored on both wings doing basically the same thing, i.e. taking the ball out wide, a ridiculous step, and then a really nice finish. That's quite impressive.
1: But, of course, it could have been Nick and doing it, so
2: it's all could very it confusing yeah he's a bit short Nick and so he I don't think he'd have made that second try yeah. but uh, yeah no the people say he's not as good at the wing as he is a full back but he didn't look bad with 14 on his back on Sunday did he
1: if he's allowed to, so, I think he looks he looks good he's anywhere allowed... he's allowed some freedom and if you let him do that because yeah. you, you can exactly. tailor your attack to say well, actually whatever number you've got on your back you could you're the one that gets freedom and everybody covers for that that can be done,
2: but that's you know that's what they make. That, why Chris Ashton was so good in a Saracen shirt because they basically yep. gave him freedom to go up and,
1: and run, run those run. lines and run those off the show lines. Runs,
2: and now yeah. Liam Williams has finally clicked after about a month of getting his you know feet under the desk. Not that there's a desk, but you know, that hmm. um, he can do that, and this it could be quite a scary prospect for everybody else. I think.
1: What have I got? is called uh, Robbie Henshaw. Famous referee baiting gobshite, Robbie Henshaw. Uh, yeah. But anyway, well, him, yeah, him stopping Nadolo after being bumped. So Nadolo come fly. You've all seen this, but Nodolo come flying through, bumped him on his ass. And as he, it was amazingly <laughs> athletic actually. As Henshaw was going down, he basically then span and managed to do a tackle around the ankles.
2: Yeah, kind of. I mean, sp- he pirouetted on the bit... floor
1: and on his on his on his haunches and then went back at him. It was amazing. And then it's stood basically... up and managed to rip the ball off him.
2: Say what you like about Robbie Henshaw, he is an absolute physical specimen. And I mean, Nadolo is a is a is a big old man, but it's the way that he sort of tried to do the tackle and then sort of did this weird like arm movement thing that I liked, <laughs> yeah, as yeah. if he was sort of falling over yeah. like oh, a cartoon. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> But some, <laughs> then, then somehow managed to turn that into a positive play. I was amazed by that. It's
1: incredible then. Like, go ahead, Yeah. I, I,
2: also, was that illegal, what he did?
1: What, the which because bit?
2: The clear out. I think where so. Where he won the turnover, because <laughs> yeah. that was clear. Well, to go new back rules, to the original point, that, who cares? Yeah. yeah, new rules. That's a rock formed. Yeah, off sideline. You shouldn't came, be doing that. He came, yeah, he came straight in at the side, over the top, and yeah, and we've done this before. Do
1: you really want to rob the game of that? That was one of the best things Fuck that happened no. this weekend.
2: Fuck no. They're trying to rob the game I know. of that. And that's the thing that annoys me. Anyway. What I did
1: love as well is the Dolo as well, Aaron Because I love, we all love the don't we? Mm. He did an absolutely massive hit on Adam Byrne. Later on, yes. And when Burn was splattered him. on the floor, oh. Dolo did the brilliant. I've just battered you. Double chest slaps. He's lying on the floor, so we hit yeah. him. We just went like this on him. Yeah, you know, like we've a, that happened to me once. I was yeah. playing sevens, I think, and I dived. I di- I actually dived on the ball, the wrong side of the rock. I was completely offside. <laughs> and the they blow- <laughs> their scruba the double chest slap on me when you'd have know, side bets, boom boom, and then like ran off. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, I know. I've just trying to stop it coming out, sort of thing. But I'm
2: fully aware of what I The I'm Double doing. chest tap, it's a legendary oh. move
1: in rugby. You'd have know, side bets, yeah. boom, boom.
2: Yeah. In the same way that the uh shake of the head, the sh- the ruffle of the hair is the universal <laughs> sign language for Yeah, you fucked up there, sunshine. Yeah.
0: Uh,
2: and also we uh, got a for me Yes. Uh Sam Simmons.
1: England's oh, yeah, number eight ag- again. England's number eight in the autumn. Him and Marcus. Well, yeah, given the injury issues as well, but it would have been an argument anyway. Zach Mercer as well. Are you going to go down that road? Yeah, yeah, he's been. Did great, you see Chris but... Cook's uh, one-handed grab and offload for Mercer's Yes.
2: So you know, <laughs> for if... an absolute shithouse that Chris Cook <laughs> obviously is. Yeah. Ian are bloody good, mind.
1: Yeah. If you just calm down, Chris. Look at yeah, what you could so achieve.
2: Massive asshole all the time on the pitch. And it's very entertaining. It's much like to easier to do lot.
1: that kind of thing if you're still on the pitch, Chris. You know, it's not that difficult to understand. <laughs> yeah.
2: If you're not in the bin for chopsing or punching or just doing something nasty, yeah. it's much easier. Uh, but yeah, no, that was sick. Um, speaking of Ross Byrne, actually, uh, speaking of Leinster, actually, Ross Byrne, I thought, got Leinster through a very tough game against a very good team yeah. and he's very young and he's playing, you know, filling Johnny Sexton's boots is not easy at the best of times and uh, yeah, I mean his forwards did carry him, don't get you wrong, and Henshaw as well, It was obviously brilliant but yeah, I yeah. thought for, for a young lad <clears throat> making his European bow, that was very impressive. Uh,
1: Jack Conan as well has looked yeah. impressive every time I. well, he's always looked impressive, he's looked particularly impressive yeah. this year, I'm every
2: time I've seen massive him. Massive fan of Jack Conan He's, Is know, He's back Lip back.
1: out of Ireland now?
2: No there's a big thing about whether He's lip will ever play again. Because he keeps giving very nebulous things about when he's going to recover from this back injury thing that he's got. So yeah, I feel like his maybe his time if because he does. Because if you come think back.
1: about you got Conan, you've got Stander who could find yeah. it out for eight. I think that'll do,
2: him. And when you think about the back row resources that are in Ireland in general, on really, I mean... else, yeah. Fuck me, they've got incredible depth. And, yeah, I th- I think probably, given this, it's probably a good thing for Heath Slip's long-term health and viability if he maybe knocks Ireland on the head and just focuses on head. He's had a good game. run on
1: it, hasn't he? He's had a good knock, as they say. Yes,
2: yeah, you know, and since, yeah. What
1: have we got but, good uh, at? Yeah. Owen Curtis... Mm. Owen oh, Curtis got in touch he said, um, at Blood and Mud and he said good was Scarlett lose- getting a losing bonus point at Toulon that, was, that would have been yeah. heard of two years ago you're right yeah we made that point through that. Long, yeah, they would have folded creeped.
2: like a cheap yeah. garden chair he said
1: but shit was Scarlett only getting a losing bonus point at Toulon because of the aforementioned uh, foot like a flump from Lee Harpening
2: yeah I, I, I was expecting better better I think I mean don't forget he did score you know obviously he contributed he cost him a try but, yeah. you know, he did run quite a nice support line to score that try as well.
1: So, you know,
2: but, you know, the reason he's there is to kick the big points and kick the big goals. Speaking and he of tackling, do
1: that. And Nodolo, I mentioned before, Adam Byrne's defence, he yeah. missed seven tackles. It's and somebody great, pointed out that, yeah, but he was against Nodolo, except he did exactly the same last week.
2: <laughs> yeah, my, that is my big like. I like Adam Byrne a lot.
1: Remember when Greenwood named him in his Lions team?
2: I do remember that. that when, they to, when they were
1: having to fill an hour and he was dressed like a children's magician.
2: <laughs> oh, that was great. <laughs> but yes, I do remember that. And I think Adam Burney's is going to be a very, very impressive player and yes. good to play for Ireland. However, he really does need to sort out his defence. Big time because he's a big lad. There's he not really an excuse lad, for
1: it. Excuse. So is that. So's um, that uh, Jacob Stockdale. Woof, he's a big lad.
2: He is a big lad. Yeah. He's uh, he's a modern a modern winger. And in... while
1: we're on good, it's sometimes easy to forget how mesmerizing Charles Piatow is. Mm hmm. Wasn't a great game at Actually, Ulster, but yeah.
2: Speaking of, of players that are so always brilliant all the time that we forget, Nakawara.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to, me. you feel almost ten, too. It seems too not obvious to, to mention, game, but, but yeah.
2: I know. Ten offloads in a game from a lock, and they were mainly brilliant, outrageous, ridiculous ones as well. And he scored a
1: try. Unplayable is used too often in this, but he in this game. Is but he, li- he is. When he's like that, he is just. What the. Like, they were like suggesting they were... at half time, weren't they? I think Fat Flatman was saying that what you need to do is not. Don't put any more men than one on him. Just hold yeah. him and everybody mark the people who are running off him. Because that's that, that's where the danger is.
2: Yeah. I like there was. There were moments where, like, he had three or four men like bungling him into touch, <laughs> and he'd just get a fucking telescopic arm up there and just throw a six or seven yard offload, and it's just like, how? How do you deal with that? I did.
1: It He's is the w- wonderful,
2: most interesting thing in that racing team by a country fucking mile. Yeah. Because the rest of it's a pile of bollocks.
1: The twelve people watching must be in fucking orgasmic raptures every week. <laughs> Yeah. So, what else have we got? As good? Well, Martin Solomon got in touch at Blood and Water, and he said, "Good. Was seeing the legend that is Sean Holly at the Ammon Adventure Sportive yesterday, which was Sunday. I'm as sure we're the recording.
2: Ammon Adventure Sportive is a, a very exciting. I'm sure. Up the Ammon, yeah. Uh, but shit, yeah. was he
1: didn't get his guitar out? No guitar with him. Uh, oh, so therefore, it's been ruined, and it wasn't good. i ruined <laughs> yeah,
2: it, Martin. Like shit. Yeah. Um, good for me. Uh, the bar are have any women's team?
1: Yes, Which I did about, see that. Somebody suggested yeah. that could the I think it was you suggested could the lions be next?
2: Lions should be next, surely. Like, there's not really any reason not to. A couple of people suggested, oh, because. It would just be the England players because Scotland, Wales, and Ireland are shit. Well, eh,
1: it, not uh, entirely. Sh- so the nineteen ninety three tour on. all over again then, basically. Well,
2: yeah, exactly. It's not like it would mainly be England players, but there'd be a fair load of Irish ones, and I'm sure there'd be at least one or two Welsh ones, and it would be fun. And let's do it because why not?
1: I, uh, did you see that somebody tweeted? Sorry, gone off track here. Somebody, somebody mm. tweeted, um, who would you want to be in carpool karaoke with James Corden? Yes. And I retweeted Mamuka Gorgodza in a really foul temper. Like and it. And people have jumped on this. Uh, so you, for example, <laughs> Magister Equitum said, James Haskell immediately after being splashed with water. Yes. Will Matthewman said, Ross Moriarty with a migraine.
2: Yes. <laughs> and have you seen a... Ross Moriarty's dyed his hair a sort of peroxide blonde? Have you well? seen oh.
1: how awkward Ross Moriarty is on the Mitsubishi adverts on the telly?
2: Oh, no. You know the bit seen... in between
1: I... the adverts where it's people... It's Gloucester players oh, talking yes. to kids. Yeah, yeah.
2: I didn't know there was a Moriarty yeah, one. Yeah, well, he's in the, the huddle. I saw the John one, which always looks weird.
1: He's in the huddle with a load of kids, and he says something like, stick together and always follow the ball. But it's the mm. most wooden thing, <laughs> bless <laughs> him. Of all his strengths, this isn't one of them. But he's, yeah. um. yeah. There will so...
2: be no post-career acting for... Uh... So, Young Ross.
1: Will Matthewman, thank you very much, has said, Ross Morati with a this could be a new feature. So, yes, challenge accepted. So, I throw this out to you. Yeah. Listeners out there, what rugby-playing type people would you like to see in a confined space with James Corden being driven around?
2: Uh, the Pontypool front row.
1: <laughs> the V at Gwent. Charlie Faulkner, <laughs> drunk.
2: Yes, and angry, so angry.
1: We had Bobby Windsor at our end of season D once. Have I, told, I must have told you that story. Yeah, He was very drunk. You don't, I don't understand a word that he was saying. He just told loads of jokes about Charlie Faulkner.
2: Well, I mean, were well, they at least good jokes?
1: Yeah. You know, I, I left school at 17. Charlie just come out of Borstal. They were quite, you know, you giggled when you were sat there in your number ones and a few drunk drinks in.
2: <laughs> Fair enough.
1: But it was a tour in New Zealand when he asked for some when Charlie Faulkner asked for some bacon and they said we haven't got any bacon. And Charlie Faulkner said, What? Three million sheep in his country, you got no bacon. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not true, but it still <laughs> made me laugh.
2: That is great. That I want that to be true so badly. Sorry,
1: I went off on one there. Have you got any goods for us before we finish?
2: Uh, no, I think that was me actually. I think it was. Anyway. Oh, Ali Brew, obviously. Well, we've already covered it. It's
1: a standard item, Ali Brew. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, But yeah. actually, genuinely they did play well, and the mystery Brilliant. of it rolls. Really on. Good. Don't try and understand it. It's, no. like, it's like the Cuthbert Police on Cup. Don't try and understand it. You never will no. never just, understand it. Just enjoy it. Will Gaines last week tried to do some kind of you know spreadsheet with it. Don't. Don't. No, fuck that
2: sport shit. Sport science Just... is
1: killing sport. Yeah. And it'll kill Alan Brew and nobody wants that. Yeah.
2: Don't let don't let Opta anywhere near Alan Brew. <laughs> That's what I say.
1: Oh, they they do a horrible tweet with his name again, wouldn't they? They put they'd, what would they put?
2: <laughs> Brewed. Brew dot tea. Home
1: Home Brew. Pot Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh. something awful. Anyway, thank uh. you all for joining us this week. Yes, indeed. Again. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for your contacts. Thank you for everything. Please, you know, and tell your friends if you enjoy this, if you think the man enjoy it, and yeah, let everybody know, because, you know, let's get a few more listeners in the club.
2: Yeah, and, we, and let's face it, we're not paying for advertising anytime soon. There'll be no promoted tweets or Facebook boosts from us about no. any of this we get stuff. Some, so. We get
1: some adverts inserted by ACAS to cover our costs. But that's about it, really. So thank you for yeah. your patience with those so, as well. Yeah,
2: exactly. Just, 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 spread the word tell your friends be our street team
1: Indeed. And also, I will just drop this in. Like, like uh, uh, Josh has got his Rugby shirt watch website, I've started a football podcast now. It's called Nesson Dormer Podcast. It's about ages of the 90s football, so have a look at that if you fancy it. It's...
2: And it's already more successful than this one. So uh, enjoy this podcast while you can, everybody. <laughs> because, uh, it isn't, it, it isn't, isn't actually. I, it got
1: into the top 10 of the iTunes charts of the weekend, and I don't know why, because it certainly isn't based <laughs> on listener numbers. Let me tell you that. I've got no idea. Anyway, thank you all. I'll speak to you soon. Bye. Take care, everybody.
0: At Caller, we've always looked at the future, leading the way with our renewable gas, bio-LPG. Ideal for off-grid homes and businesses, it cuts emissions by up to 90%. So... If like Mary and Mick Gorman and Abby Leakes, you're looking for a cleaner, more efficient way to cook and heat your home, our renewable gas is the right solution for you, and one that protects the planet too. Bio LPG, renewable gas from Calor. Find out more at Calorgas.ie. Sports Social Podcast Network.